Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line KINY. Hello, you are listening to Action Line, provided via KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me today, I have Robert Venables with the Southeast Conference. How are you doing today? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, obviously, the big reason we're talking is Southeast Conference is actually happening tomorrow. It's going to be the 6th through the 7th, and then there's also a extra travel symposium on the 8th. Now, I noticed that that wasn't included in the initial uh, Southeast Conference sort of time frame on the first sheet that you gave me. Is there a reason for that? Or? Well, you know, the Mid-Session Summit always has been our, our two-day event. Our annual meeting in the fall is a three-day event, and, and so it's an opportunity for folks to fly in, see their legislators, come get the updates on the different economic sectors. But uh, after the pandemic and the, all the different resources that were coming together a couple of years ago, we decided that uh, there was so much content on transportation that it was worthy, worthy of its own day. And so this is actually the third annual transportation symposium that uh, that we put on, and we're excited to extend that extra value. Not everybody stays over for the third day, but those folks that are really tuned into transportation um, find a lot of value in that. Gotcha. Okay. Now, there's a couple key areas that I want to kind of go through you with, with that I've seen here. And the first one... Actually, we'll just kind of break down each day as we go here. The first one is obviously tribal enterprises. Now, I see the big sort of guests you have there are Richard Peterson, the president of Flinket and Haida, and then you have McHugh Pierre, the president and CEO of Gold Bell. So talk to me kind of about what the focus of that, that talk is. Well, you know, it has not always been recognized the value and impact that our tribal partners have brought to the region, and we're really proud of the work that they've done, the way that we're able to partner with them and support the activities. And of course, they've been coming more and more visible these last couple of years as uh, as the tribe has been, um, you know, really investing in its people and facilities, uh, as well as uh, as Gold Belt and their enterprises. And so we wanted to start off the day and showcase those things. I've been told that there may be some new announcements made uh, during that time, uh, some initiatives happening. So I'm excited to, to hear and see what's uh, that's been happening and what is perhaps in store for the future. Gotcha. Talk to me a bit more. You mentioned how it's like a, historically is not, you know, has it kind of always been acknowledged that the, really the impact that those native corporations have. Do you want to expand on that? Well, not just the native corporations, you know, the, the tribes themselves bring a lot of, of, uh, of financial resources and technical assistance uh, to the region as well, not only for their own tribal members, but for the, the communities at large. And I know um, President Peterson is one to often say healthy tribes, healthy communities, healthy communities, healthy tribes. And so Southeast Conference is kind of that, that get the arms around all the above and, and really join together to see how we can move the region forward and make it a healthy region as well. Gotcha. And now on that, kind of to move on to the next sort of big topic here, which I think that, you know, it's fantastic that there is that time slot for that. Although I will admit it seems a little little short that it's only 30 minutes. But again, I do see that there is a lot of things that are kind of on the docket for tomorrow. <laughs> we do a lot of our work in committee uh, in between our face-to-face uh, meetings. And so we really get the quintessential uh, elements out there to frame the work, not just to celebrate, you know, what has happened in the past year, but also what do we need to work on in the months ahead in committees we'll do deeper dives then and then you know frame some of the issues that we want to take up with our policymakers while we're in town. Okay. Now I see that Spruce Root is the business spotlight. What led to that decision? 
Well, you know, Spruce Root has had an incredible history. I think it's been uh, just at or just over 10 years now of, of really investing in the, the business startup um, uh, structure of the region. And they're re doing more even outside the region now. They're a partner of ours on, on the uh, Mariculture uh, Build Back Better Regional Challenge. But they have done economic boot camps. They do a lot of a lot of investing in, in the region. And so... Um, there's just kind of a, an opportunity to, to put a spotlight on some of the, the resources that they bring uh, to Southeast Alaska and, and beyond. And it kind of fit really well right there with the, with the tribal uh, enterprises because they are more tribally oriented, although they do uh, provide services to, to everyone. Gosh, now these next few are all obviously always big topics, especially here in Juneau. So I'm going to give you the liberty of picking which one. I'm going to mention them both. <laughs> we have the Natural Resources Roundtable or we have the Tourism Panel. So which one would you like to tackle first of those two? Well, you know, it's it's hard to talk about economic development without talking about the things that you put your hands on tangibly for wealth. And so, you know, the, 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 the mining community, those into in, in forestry and those uh, in, you know, different resources, it, it does matter. They, you know, the vibrancy of those come and go. We saw the mining community really be the bedrock of stability during the pandemic, and they continue to do that. So that's important. One interesting twist there uh, with the, the forestry products is that this is a, uh, a new initiative that's being um, introduced tomorrow that will really take a look at the younger growth force products as a new industry and so we're excited about seeing that and with a with a lens of what's good for forest health what's good for habitat health that's why we had the mule deer foundation coming up as well and taking a look at those um you know these trees are a smaller diameter smaller you know, younger characteristic but there's still market values but finding what those niches are and developing that for um for stability in, in our region so I think there's going to be some unique perspectives there as well. Gotcha. I think it's quite interesting that you've taken the time to really break that down and the reasons for why we're having this Natural Resources Roundtable. Now, I'm not sure if you were there or not. Did you recall, were you at the uh, the chamber lunch where the governor spoke and kind of some of his priorities or no? I was out of town for that. Well, I think it's interesting because during his uh, chamber discussion, he mentioned how, you know, there's we need to push more for development within Alaska and say yes to more of these things and not saying no. And so I think it's interesting that because Beyond him just saying that, which is, you know, it's fine to say that, it, there needs to be more of that conversation there because it's like, yes, we want to be able to develop resources, but there is also that conservation angle of it. So I think having that round table where you can put in that effort of like, hey, here's X, Y, Z we want to develop, but here's X, Y, and Z that we should also consider when we're doing those kinds of development, I think is a very important step. It is. And, you know, the other aspect to it is what can we, um, you know, add value to? So rather than just shipping out raw commodities, how can we do some processing? How do we do some, some final product development, whether it's, um, you know, moldings or trims or glue lambs or, you know, whatever the product may, house kits, you know, whatever the product might be, what, where's those niches where we can provide better value and better income back for those that are in the field? Gotcha. Now, I have to hit this one because it is Juno and everyone always has a topic or thing they want to hit about this, which is we're doing a tourism panel. Now, I think it goes without saying, tourism tends to be a little divisive. Even in a tourism-heavy town, you have folks that are very much in favor of it, and you have folks that are very much not in favor of it. So how does that kind of balance out with this tourism panel? You know, I think that's a good use of the word balance. You know, I think that's what really what we're 
looking for and and the way this conversation is being framed is taking a look at you know what those impacts are what those benefits are you know how do we balance that so right now uh, it's obvious that tourism people in the nation want to travel and so they've been coming uh, to paradise to check it out and we want to find ways to make sure that that is a meaningful experience for them at the same time preserving a quality of life and so i think that's you know understanding where those balances are how do we disperse visitors into other areas so they're not so concentrated but at the same time just realizing what those values are to the community um, and i think that's the kind of conversation it's not just pertinent to juno although that's the case study that'll be used for that discussion every community that that has visitors at a large scale are asking similar questions. And so I think uh, finding balance is what we're striving for in this conversation. I, I think we're going to have a robust conversation. Gotcha. Now, the last big one I want to hit forward for day one is the fisheries conversation. Now, that is always going to be extremely heated. I know it was quite heated last time around. I had this conversation about fisheries. I'm looking at some of the guests we have here. You know, we have Julie Decker, who's the president of Pacific Seafood Processors in the Association. We have Douglas Vincent Lang, the commissioner for Fish and Game, who's been invited. You, have you gotten confirmation that he's going to be there? Because I just see invited next to it, which implies to me there's a chance he may not be there. He is confirmed. All right, there we go. Now, my next, so kind of what are the big topics of focus within the Southeast Fisheries conversation? Because obviously there are concerns with fishery stocks. That's not a new conversation, but it's one that's been had for quite some time. It's one that's probably going to keep happening until we kind of have a better handle on the situation, I think is the, the wording I want to go with there. Well, you know, that, that is probably the opposite side of the coin from the last topic. We've seen a great vibrancy in the visitor industry, and those numbers are good, and we're talking talk about you know finding balance. The fisheries, on the other hand, is one of great concern. And I'm really pleased to see this this panel because we have the commissioner who, you know, department has oversight over the, the health of the stock, right? Uh, you've got uh, the producers, uh, the processors represented there. You have the fishermen you know, represented there, and then you've got the marketers. You know, so we have a, we have a good, uh, good balance panel to try to probe, because there are concerns with you know the number and health of the fisheries that are coming into the into the waters. We're concerned that the fleet is not able to go out and predictably make a profit to where they can pay their crew, pay their mortgage, and send their kids to college. In um, we're concerned with the processors that we're seeing you know processors consolidate, walk away. Uh, and so it's a, it's a time of, um, of uncertainty. And so having the conversation to understand what, you know, how do we better define what, what our fisheries is right now and what that future looks like so that we can plot a path forward to a better sustainability. Do we need to retool and automate and get more efficient at processing? Do we need to do another step and add value to it um, and make more finished product? Um, is it all of the above? You know, what what are the the issues there that um, that we can support in order to have a vibrant fisheries? Because right now it's 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 not it's not been good this past decade. Gotcha. I think those are all very important things to know, especially you know. I think uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but uh, I think it was toward the uh, as we we're kind of wrapping up the end of the year. The the same environmental group that had previously tried to get us to close our fisheries for the killer whales down by. Seattle has now also tried to push to put the king salmon on the endangered species list, which I think is a bit 
Also, I'd say interesting. I'm not going to stake a claim on that any other way. I'm just going to say it's a bit interesting. So I think it's, I think it's timely to consider that, especially with how we've just described that conversation. Now, moving into this coming Wednesday, transportation. Ooh, boy. I see the Marine Highway Operations is on there. And I know that's always going to be a big topic, especially for our region, because we really do rely on you know the Marine Highway System and that level of transportation. So is that going to be a really big topic of that? Or is it more looking at transportation kind of in a broader sense? So during day two, on you know, we only have an, an hour for transportation, so we don't do a deep dive there. But that is why when we get to page three, day three, um, where there is a much deeper dive there. So this will be framing the issues, taking a, look, a higher look at all modes of transportation. So, um, you know, we say planes, trains, and automobiles, um, and ferries. So um, we'll take a look at the higher level and introduce the main players. You know, there we have the deputy commissioner coming in. We have the South Coast uh, director who, you know, we'll be talking more about the highway systems and some of the other um, projects that are happening. We've got the new director for AMHS to talk about, you know, um, what the expectations are on the immediate horizon for operations, the ferry service. And then we have the, uh, the new advisory board, the Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board. Their vice chair will be uh, talk, giving remarks as well uh, as about where they're at in the planning session. All of which those topics will be kind of teasers for the next day. And then we always um, ask the IFA for an op- update. That's the ferry system that goes between Hollis on Prince Wales Island and Ketchikan. And they've been, uh, they've been in r- providing a very critical, predictable, reliable, great service. And it's one that we want to continue to support um, and use as a model for you know, our efforts throughout the region. Gotcha, and we'll hit more on transportation when we get to that. I have a very specific uh, little joke comment about that. <laughs> Which, but before we do that, I want to really hit. I uh, want to hit the broadband <laughs> section of Wednesday's sort of docket because that's a very interesting one, considering the amount of infrastructure funding that's really going towards broadband. Not even just within the southeast, but statewide. But help me recenter that within our region. What are some of the conversations related to broadband for us here in southeast? Well, you know. There has been a lot of money already awarded. It hasn't been connected yet. So I think understanding where those projects are at and then making sure that um, the last mile service gets connected. So it's great to put in new lines between communities, but if you can't get it to the household, then uh, the households wonder, you know, where my benefit is. And so this, these, a lot of these programs are actually putting fiber to the house. And so what we're wanting to do during this time is really get an update on where those, those bases are covered and find out where the gaps are so that we can address those. There's about three more years of funding left uh, but, you know, for these big programs that were announced after the pandemic. So we want to make sure that you know, where gaps still exist, that we can get those addressed and uh, make sure because that really is the superhighway for, for commerce right now. Gotcha. Now, the last one I want to hit before we hit transportation specifically is really that workforce development. Because the one that stands out to me specifically among those guest speakers is the Association of Alaska School Boards. That's the one that really stands out to me. Talk to me more about why they were included. Obviously, we want more teachers. I'm assuming that's the reason why. But maybe just expand on that part for me. Well, you know, education has always been a top high priority. And so understanding those issues and how to... Really, uh, you know, obviously Juno is grappling with one of the worst case scenarios right now with the funding scenarios, but every school district is under pressures. And 
we want to make sure that uh, you know dollars that are being allocated that direction are, are being well supported and spent and so hearing from uh, from, from the school board folks is going to be really a, a new component for us and so we've elevated that because we see that need uh, and want to support that but you know I also want to do a shout out there because on that same panel we have for the first time included the marine highway system unions and they really, um, you know, they've been a popular punching bag over the years uh, when it comes to issues on the marine highway system. And I'm, I'm really proud to say that the working relationship with all three of the unions and the, um, the ferry system and in general has been a lot more um, uh, cohesive and camaraderie has been better noted to, to work together to try to solve some of these problems. So we're really looking for, for all of these panelists to provide, you know, actionable strategies that we can help support in the region and, you know, hopefully we can bridge this gap between finding finding the workforce that we need. Gotcha. Well, on that, now I have to, I have to transition purely into the transportation symposium. Now, that one's going to be on Thursday. In, obviously, first session, the just an overview of the marine highway system and needing to meet the needs of the future. Now, what ins tell me what inspired that sort of phrasing, that, that focus for the marine highway system and focusing on what it needs to do for the future. Well, there's a, a very curious spot that the ferry system finds itself in right now because there's a lot of federal dollars that are coming in to support modernizing the fleet and changing things for the future. But it takes time to build ferries. It, takes time to plan the ferries and so the system has to operate until then with old boats and uh, a, a strained stressed lacking workforce among other issues and so trying to you know keep the current system moving at the same time as planning for the future um, is something that uh, is a tough intersection because there's a, there's a lot of lacks in some of our smaller communities but you know really taking a look at designing, understanding what the needs of the future are for, for community service so that we design the right vessels. Because as we see these vessels, they don't get replaced after 35 years like they're supposed to. It's like 60 years. So, you know, you really have to get it right. And so you have to get them efficient, you have to modernize them. And so, um, you know, the, what they call the AMHOB, the Marine Highway Operations Board, the Advisory Board, has been working with AMHS over the past year on short-term and long-range planning. And there's been limited community engagement, and that's going to ratchet up right now with, with this session here. So the Marine Highway System is going to be bringing um, the vice chair for, the, for AMHOB as well as their consultants that have been working with AMHOB and the department on these long-range plans. So the communities will be there. The businesses will be there. So they'll be able to have that exchange. Are you really meeting our needs? You know, what are the parameters that go into deciding what the essential level of service is? So it's going to be a great conversation. Gotcha. And I'll be very interested in seeing how that really progresses going forward because obviously, like I mentioned, you know, toward the start of our conversation, the marine highway system is, I would almost argue it's essential for Southeast it's to get a lot, of, a lot of things done. And so making sure that it is able to adapt for future needs is going to be quite significant. I know part of that will always rely upon funding, but that's a... That's a conversation in and of itself that is not, we don't have enough time for that conversation. Well, actually, you know, we've, we've got, thanks to Senator Murkowski and our federal delegation that really supported the unique programs that came out of the, the, uh, the pandemic funding splurge uh, that really directed unprecedented historic resources for the ferry system. So we have one opportunity to get it right over these next couple, three years. 
The question is, will we get it right? That's what that's what remains to be seen. That's what I'll be keeping my eye out for. Now, we don't have too much more time, but there's one more topic I really wanted to hit with you before we left, which is talk to me about, you know, what are some of the what are the some of the state transportation sort of planning efforts? What's going to be happening in that session? So the department is getting ready to launch the update of the Southeast Alaska Transportation Plan, the area plan. And so that is something that it's supposed to happen about every five years, and it's been a bit longer than that. So um, it's been in the works to get kicked off, and I think this is going to help frame that. There's a lot of different funding that that comes to communities, but um, you know, having the overall comprehensive plan that directs that is going to be critical. And so that's really going to kind of frame a lot of the discussion that happens there. And I'm excited about the fact that we not only have um, our state planners there, but we have a lot of federal agencies that are coming as well that have been very actively um, uh, putting funding out for our communities who will be gathered to figure out exactly how and why. So there's going to be a bit of a, a workshop later that afternoon on how to put together a really good application for these fundings. But we're going to have folks from from MARAD and from FTA and, and other federal agencies that will participate to make sure that w- our communities have the best resources in real time. Gotcha. Now, say someone wants to attend these events over the next couple of days. What do they need to do to make sure that they can attend? Well, uh, registration is on our website and at the door. So um, you can go to seconference.org. And there's opportunities to register and uh, participate. There's no better opportunity to meet with and network not only your your neighbors and the region, but uh, many of the, the federal state agencies. We've got one panel uh, at the end of the first day that really just showcases those partnerships, everyone from uh, the Forest Service to EDA to ADA, the Department of Commerce here in Alaska. Um, it's just a, a great opportunity to, to get to know the people that are, are leading these efforts. Gotcha. And can folks show up, you know, middle of the day and be like, hey, I missed the first part, but I can, can they come in later? We're, we're going to be there all day long. All right. Well, on that note, Robert, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today. It's always interesting to hear kind of what are some of the bigger going-ons within Southeast, especially in this capacity. I'm sure I'll be having a deeper look at some of these topics and maybe even put those in the newscast. Robert, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. All right. You've all been listening to Action Line through KINY. Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. KINY.